Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hello and thank you for listening to our Exploring Awareness Podcast. Awareness means so many different things to so many different people and can open your mind and your life in a lot of different ways. So that's why we talk about it and its many different elements and applications. I'm Lisa, along with Frank Anderson, and we talk about a lot of different possible topics before we start recording the podcast, which I'm grateful for that we have those possibilities. But what did we decide we want to talk about today? Lisa, I've had a lot of feedback from people about the podcast and about some meditations that I've been doing around campus. And it's been the type of feedback where people say, you know, this approach that we're taking is really interesting and has allowed people to experience some of the ideas of exploring awareness that maybe they hadn't been able to achieve through regular mindfulness classes or some other meditation. And as we've talked about before, there's so many different forms of meditation, and you and I are developing this approach that would be helpful and useful for people who haven't had a lot of experience with this. You know, there are some people who are looking for something a little bit different and would like to try something a little bit different. And so I'm always excited, you know, to work with people and explore those, those new ways. But, you know, there's some people who don't want to do this at all or don't know about it. You know, they haven't really thought about it. They haven't ever put themselves in a situation to say, well, I'd like to go deeper. And the people that are listening now clearly are here for a reason. And I welcome you all. And I'm so glad you're on the journey with us. And for people who haven't done it, there has to be something within that makes them interested And certainly in the the way the world is going today, I wish more people were interested. But I think that what we're doing also can be very challenging. You know, it it can be hard to face yourself. It can be hard to look within and see what you find. And, you know, not everyone is ready to do that. But it reminded me of the preface of Adyashante's book, The Way of Liberation. And I've mentioned that earlier on in an earlier episode of our podcast. It's a free ebook. It's very clear. It's not very long. But the preface gets at some of the things that I wanted to talk about today. He said, be forewarned. Applying these teachings may be damaging to your beliefs, disorienting to your mind, and distressing to your ego. Now, that's the first sentence. And that, that doesn't sound very like very mm. much fun, does it, Lisa? Yeah. It says, from the perspective of waking up to reality, these are good things to be cultivated. But from the perspective of ego, they are to be avoided at all costs. The choice is entirely yours. So when I say that, Lisa, what comes... I was writing it down because what does waking up to reality mean? I I always think 
reality is whatever each person thinks it is. I mean, we all bring our experiences and our history and our childhoods to what we consider our reality. So I always say it's amazing that anybody gets along in life because we all have such different perspectives and bring a different reality. So when he talks about waking up to reality, what, what does that mean? Yeah, well, in terms of what we've been doing on the podcast, what, what would that mean to you? Waking up to reality. I don't know. I, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it in those terms. Waking up means something to me. Waking up means being aware, as you have said several times now, aware that there's so much more to life than just walking through and paying your bills and doing a job and not thinking about it. So waking up to me is realizing about awareness and that there are different ways to look at life and think about life and live your life. And, and it's, it's so much more fulfilling, I think, um, than just kind of being a robot walking through life and not really thinking about it. So that's what waking up means. I'm not sure about reality. I think reality is different for every person. Yeah, I guess that's true. And there are kind of different types of reality. <laughs> Right. When people talk about it, and I think he's talking about probably some ultimate reality, which encompasses everything. Reality is reality. And I think what he probably means there is kind of waking up to the truth of yourself, you know, to your true nature. And we talk about doing that through the exploring awareness technique. So it's kind of like discovering your inner being, inner self. You know, when people are searching for something or yearning for something else, Mm. maybe Mm -hmm. they are yearning for that connection to the deeper place. And I think that might be what he means by reality in in this sentence. Well, I think there's there's waking up spiritually and there's waking up psychologically Mm -hmm. and together or separate those are those are pretty daunting tasks but i would hope to believe that they're worth it oh yeah right exactly and when he says you know it the cultivating these techniques these things we've been talking about and many of them i've learned from adyashante and other teachers and practicing myself so let's say in the spirit of going deeper what people are yearning for what people are are here for we can use these exploring awareness techniques, awareness techniques, etc., to help us achieve that. But then he says that, um, you know, these are good things to be cultivated, but from the perspective of ego, they should be avoided at all costs. Why would someone want to do that? Because it could be distressing, disorienting to your mind, distressing to your ego, and damaging to your beliefs. Okay, now beliefs, I feel like some people will hear that and that will be an instant turnoff for them because their beliefs are everything to them. You know, they're raised in a certain culture, there's beliefs. You're, they're raised by a certain religion, there's those beliefs. I think people have a lot of beliefs and they're not anxious to let go of them. Yeah, right. And some beliefs, well, not all beliefs are the same, you know, but could you... You know, when you start exploring awareness yeah. and looking at things that you believe, and I'm not necessarily talking about religion right now because, yeah. you know, religion is often a felt thing. And there may be some beliefs and yeah. things go along with that. But what if you believe a certain thing about yourself? You know, what if you believe that you are unlovable, like we kind mm. of the last episode, or you believe that you don't belong, you know, or you believe, you know, things that you've got set for yourself. Yeah as truths, when you start to open up to something deeper, you might realize that those things aren't true. And then what are you going to do? 
you know what? That's been the most fun part for me. Really? That, yeah. Letting go of what you, like, I've always enjoyed a good debate and I'll say, I think I'm this. And you'll have said, you really, are you that? And then I'm like, maybe I'm not. And that to me, that opens things up. It gives you more possibilities that you're not your beliefs. And maybe at the moment it's uttered or said, it may feel challenging, but ultimately it's freeing letting go of those beliefs. I like love not knowing who I am right now. And I don't ever want to have beliefs or a definition of who I am because that to me gives me so much more possibilities. Isn't so that's that the truth. Yeah, I completely agree. That's the spiritual side. Now the, the psychological exploration, which I'm not as familiar with is, you know, can sometimes be more difficult, but at the end, you know, you're doing it for a a positive reason. You know, I don't think anybody explores either sides of this thinking they're going to come out worse. Life has so many possibilities and it's great to get outside your beliefs and, and, and be open. That's why I, my job is interviewing people and I love interviewing people. That's my passion, talking to different people and, and sharing their beliefs. It doesn't have to be my belief, but, or to have a conversation. Usually, if I'm having a controversial conversation with somebody, I'll say at the, I'll say whatever you want to say, share whatever you want to share. But at the end, can we talk about how we're going to make it better? Share your beliefs and 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 we've had that in this in these conversations here. But at the end, I always feel like I'm a better, a better person because of what we've discussed or what we've shared or what we've explored. Yeah. So, well, I just wanted to say a little bit about beliefs as well and, and, and broaden the word out. Maybe beliefs is not the exact, you know, is, is a limiting word, but because we're all humans, you know, and we all have our lives and we all have our histories and we all have our beliefs, you know, to get through life where we, we, we function that way, you know? So I don't think there's a, there's a question about that, but some of the beliefs that, that aren't helpful and they may be defining to your ego, when you let go of those, that can be distressing to your ego because your ego, your comfort zone might be holding on to those things. Is ego ever a good thing though? Sure. Oh yeah. It is? Of course. You know, I think that the way I understand it is that your ego is a tool, but it's not everything. Now you may be, you know, psychologists will talk about ego and super ego and id i don't know those definitions so much i just know what my own experience is and you know i'm wired and i'm and i'm here and i've got a history and you know i do things a certain way i have a personality and i have you know an ego structure that helps me get things done right so everyone has an ego it's just that the ego isn't everything you know and when you can can you when you can be aware of your ego then the ego isn't, isn't taking over. It's the awareness that is taking over. The, the deeper presence is guiding you as opposed to the ego. Because your ego may make decisions that may not be the same as the decisions you might make from a, from a deeper space. See, I guess I always thought of like, oh, people are criticized. Oh, he has a big ego or he's an egomaniac. But so I look up the definition of ego and there's a psychoanalysis definition and a, a philosophy decision. And oh, cool. The part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and is a sense of personal identity. So that doesn't make it sound bad. 
Right. Makes it sound, and then the, the philosophical definition is, in the metaphysics, a conscious thinking subject. Is that what you thought of for ego? Conscious thinking subject. Yeah, that's, that's a way to say it. I don't know. Maybe it's attachment to ego. Ah, there you go. You know, attachment, <laughs> as if the ego is everything. And maybe that's what they're talking about. Hmm. Have we, we haven't really talked too much about attachment. Nope. You're talking to the attachment queen, so yeah, is, bring it on. Here we go. Well, well what's, what, what's your view of attachment? My view of attachment? I don't know. Maybe it gives me a sense of security. Mm-hmm. You attach yourself to something or someone. It's part of your identity and a sense of security. Yeah, so being attached to yeah. your um, yeah, and it, that sounds like um, it sounds like a normal thing, doesn't it, to be attached to your ego? Hmm. And so this work is a little bit about not being attached to your ego, and that's why it can be distressing to your ego. This work is about not being attached to anything, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. It's about being not attached to anything, and so when you are attached to anything for security then you kind of, if you're not attached anymore, you kind of lose that security. And there's a way, there's a good metaphor of someone who's, you know, sliding down a rope, you know, and they're holding onto the rope. And let's say the rope is, is your, how holding onto the rope is attached. And so you're holding on and on and on. As you get closer to the end of the rope, you know, you're holding tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, you don't know what's going to happen when you get to the end of the rope. So you're really holding on. And then when the rope is gone, there's no more attachment. Then you're like floating, you know, in space and everything is free. And it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. You know, let go. And all of a sudden now it's just this wonderful place that I'm in. And so holding on tighter and tighter and tighter and your hands are burning, you know, as you're going down that rope and sometimes as you get to the end you're holding on tighter and it's burning harder until finally poof you know you're free of those attachments and life is very different but you're still there your body's still there what stays with you what's real in you stays and what was false drops away so should we not be attached to anything so working with attachment is being aware of it and see if it makes sense for you, right? So you're looking at different things in your life and you're like, you know, is that coming from attachment or not? Well, you make it sound like a, a wonderful thing. You're letting go of attachment? Yeah. Yeah, well... That's why he says in this paragraph, from the perspective of waking up to reality, these are good things to be cultivated. And I think losing attachments to things is part of those, part of what we're doing with exploring awareness, cultivating that idea to kind of wake up. How attached do you think people are in their everyday lives? Well, it depends on the person. But I'm not sure even people think about attachment too much. I remember mm. when I started this work, I really didn't know what attachment was. And when I learned what attachment was, I'm like, oh, you know, when you bring that to awareness, you start seeing it 
especially right, right, right. Attachment to habits, you know, attachment to kind of ways that that you are and when you start to see that you're like well that's not actually me i really don't like that i'm doing that but you're kind of doing it because you always did it that way i think it's attachment to who you think you are attachment to who who or what you think you need to maintain that identity attachment to people for security and i think letting go is super duper hard yeah, it is. Yeah, we have a whole episode on letting go. Why can't I just let go? But I'm saying letting go of attachment, you know. The same, yeah, letting go of anything, including attachment. So what do you hold on to? Uh, you don't need, we won't need to hold on to anything, right? You'll just, you won't need to hold on. You'll just be yourself, so you won't need anything else to attach to. Okay, we say that again. You'll just be yourself, so you won't need anything else. And I think people go, well, easy for you to say. Yeah, <laughs> it is easy for me to say. And and I'm, I get attachment too. So, you know, it kind of comes and goes. But let's say, let's take a relationship, you know, and if you're attached to someone else and you can't live without them, is that different than than living in, in an enjoying relationship with them? You know, there's 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 two different ways. And especially early on, you know, when you fall in love with someone and you have attachment to them, it's like you got to be with them all the time and you need them to live. And, you know, they, they are fulfilling you. What you don't really realize is they are letting you realize your own joy and your own sense of fulfillment, but you feel like it's coming from someone else. So you feel like they're the only ones that can give it to you. So you attach to them. But they really can't give you anything. It's 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 temporary. That all that is temporary. What's true is what stays afterwards. You know, so these so sometimes a relationship has a lot of attachment in the first two years, and then maybe one person disappoints the other and then the relationship is over, right? Because oh, that person isn't who I thought they were. You know, that person can't give me what I thought they could give me. Right. And so that that would be like an attached relationship. Whereas well, you enjoy it. What if you enjoy that? You will enjoy it. All your brain chemicals will be going and there'll be a lot of enjoyment to that. But uh, but that may not be healthy for you in the long run. Right. What do attached relationships do to people? They end up being people get mad at each other. You know, lovers then start hating each other because they can't do what they thought they were able to do. They've come off the pedestal. They've they've disappointed them. You know, so how do you go into a relationship and don't have attachment even to begin with? Is that what you're saying is ideal? For I think you be aware of the attachment and where that you have attachment. Hmm. You know, attachment may happen. But, you know, a mature relationship isn't around attachment. You know, it's kind of a coexistence. You know, you're working together. You love someone, but the attachment may actually hurt the relationship. Same thing with attachment to your own ego, right? You may be attached to your ego and miss the chance to know who you really are. You're on fire. I'm in pain. (laughs) (laughs) So is this distressing to your yeah. ego? <laughs> my, no, my heart, not my ego. Yeah. Well, you also said something earlier about what people yearn for. Is, is that something you think people think about or acknowledge or what are people yearning for? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a really great question. I like that word yearn. Do you? I do, because it, it sounds kind of like what it feels like, you know, what it's an automatopoeia, as they call it, that the word that sounds Oh, yeah, like, you're right. You're right. Like the word crack, you know. Or, right, yeah. Those are all. And so yearn. So what does yearn feel like? It's like, yeah. it's like it comes from inside, like, ah. I don't think everybody has yearning necessarily, although no. – I'll bet you most people, if you talk to them, and I've, I've heard this said before as well, that if you ask most people if they've ever had a spiritual experience or they've ever had kind of a, a, a sense of connection, you know, once in their life or something, most people have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I think teenagers will feel this too, like they're, they're entering into the adult world. And what does the adult world look like to them? You know, what what do they have to look forward to? And, you know, it's like, well, you see all the adults in your life kind of struggling, working, kind of operating somewhat robotically, right? And so it's like, is that what I'm looking forward to? So that the question that comes from that comes from, a yearning for something more and i think a lot of us me included you kind of go through your life and you do what you're supposed to do you know and you and you and you kind of follow the plan that's been laid out for you now that plan also you know for me that was a, like going to med school going to residency etc cetera, etc cetera. for someone from another situation it may mean something completely different you know if if you've been, if your whole family is factory workers, then you may end up being a factory worker. You know, if your whole family was gang members, you might end up being a gang member. So there's that. It doesn't really matter what you do. It's like you might be doing things just because the people before you did it, the people in your neighborhood, the people, you know, in your community. That's just what you do, right? But is there some place inside that says, oh, is this really what I want to do? Is this really right for me? And you hear people come from communities and it's like, you know, this was never right for me. And they move to New York and become an actor or an actress or, you know, move to, uh, you know, Colorado and become a river guide. <laughs> you know, who knows what people yeah. really want to do. It's never too late to ask yourself that either. And you may be perfectly happy in what you're doing, but are you looking for something a little bit deeper? And, you know, some people in in the healthy religious communities know that. And I've met a lot of people. So there's, there's a lot of ways to knowing yourself and knowing a deeper connection to something deeper. And a lot of religions offer that to people and, and they're fine. Some people are in religions and they're not happy and some people aren't in religions at all. And they're all like, well, you know, isn't there more to life? So we can talk about religions some other time perhaps, but, but, but when you're asking that question, isn't there something more? If you even allow yourself to ask that question, that comes from yearning. That comes from like, ah, oh, there's something else. There's like, there's gotta be something more to life. Or even like, what is the meaning of life? You know, people ask that question a lot. What is the meaning of life? And I can't tell you what the meaning of life is, but but you can discover the meaning of life. You sure can. Well, 
I yearned for this podcast, if you want to know the absolute truth. And I don't know if your yearnings turn into manifestations, but I yearned for an opportunity to have a conversation to bring this type of thinking to more people in the world. I mean, I literally physically yearned for it and felt it and what it's what I wanted to happen. And so it's sort of fulfilling when it does, does happen when you can fulfill a yearn. And I yearn for conversations like this all the time. I mean, it's my job is to interview people and to meet people and share their stories and, and their and share their message. And so it, it is satisfying that what something you yearn for you actually can fulfill. Is it ever enough? You know, that's another thought. When is it? When am I enough? When is it enough? When does the yearning stop? Or is it good to keep yearning? Oh, yeah, I think. Um, so there's a difference between, you know, striving and yearning. I wouldn't say I I was striving for this podcast. I wasn't saying I was striving for these conversations. I, it was a heartfelt yearning of of a need that I hope that I'm fulfilling. So to me, that's a difference between striving and yearning. Well, and it's true. Our podcast just came out very synchronistically. Right. It it wasn't like um, Lisa and I didn't had been planning this for a long time. She interviewed me. Uh, because of a meditation group that we have here in in Ann Arbor, and uh, Lisa, some um, part of her broadcast includes speaking to community members about projects that we have, and so we had the interview. Um, then we did a guided meditation, and uh, as I was leaving out the door, this thought came to my mind: "It's like let's do a podcast." And Lisa says, "That sounds great. You just get back with me." And you did, which most everybody wants to do a podcast. No one gets back with me. And you actually did. So that was the difference. Right. And it was like January in the winter. And I would go over to your radio station. It was freezing cold. And I would try <laughs> to find a place to park. And we started churning them out. So it was very synchronistic. And you were ready for it. And I was ready for it. And I also agree the the conversational aspect to this is really good um as opposed to just talking you know for an hour or giving lectures right. but believe me i've listened to lots of those and those have been really helpful to me so i'm not mm. I'm knocking one hour long lectures but for me to share what i've learned because i had that yearning too and and so when when someone turns this podcast on, they may have that yearning as well, or they're looking for a meditation. Oh, I've always been interested in it. I'm not sure why, you know, it's like, it's that, it, it might, the yearning might be a whisper, right? Mm. You look at Adyashante's history, like he is, I want to be enlightened. You know, he was like, I'm going to get enlightened. I've heard about this. This sounds wonderful. And he, he uses the word enlightened a lot. We don't use that word much here. Mm. He wanted to be enlightened, and he's tried. He he was striving. He was striving for enlightenment, and he has, mm. he has a great story about how that happened. And then when he and then and and he was actually his physical health was deteriorating because he was trying so hard, and it wasn't until he finally let go, he surrendered. He had to give up all of that. But it wasn't he. He didn't do. It, he just he just said, "I'm not doing this anymore." And when he said that, then boom, it all changed. Well, I also believe I heard him say in something I was listening to recently that it took him years to really get meditation down. Yeah, it does take a while. And I have a confession to make 
Um, I, I, I've been meditating lately. And how's that been going for you? <laughs> I miss it. I really <laughs> miss it. And it's, and I keep reading more things and hearing more things about how getting quiet and meditating. And I think, and I'm going to be honest about it. I think part of the reason was, is because I have been using like guided meditations and, and I felt like I'm cheating, you know, that I should at this point, after all this time of meditating, should be able to meditate without a guided meditation. So I thought, oh, well, I'll try it for a few minutes and then it doesn't go that great. And then I thought, ah, should I do a guided meditation or am I just copping out? Yeah, well, that's, that's your mind going, right? <laughs> that's that's your, 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 your brain kind of making judgments and assessments about that. And I would say, do what's best for you. Hmm. I think that having guided meditations is great. I think silent meditation is great, but I think doing what works for you is also the most important thing. So are you saying, you know, like this idea that you graduate from guided meditation, silent meditation, I think that um, that's, that's not how that's framed, but I would, I would suggest this. To you and to all the listeners, if you can get yourself into a seven-day retreat, okay, a seven-day silent retreat, it's kind of like you don't have much of a choice, and you get up early, and you meditate, and I've done many of these, and your mind races, and you sit there, and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing here, and you're thinking and you think you ought to be someplace else and you know you're it's like hours go by and you're meditating and i think i told you in thailand you know that there was a 10-day retreat that took like four days and after that fourth day i was like it all stopped and i started mm. to notice that there were these guppies you know in this pond and if you put your finger in they would like nibble your skin and the centipedes and the, there were scorpions and flowers. So, you know, all of a sudden, instead of you lost in your mind, you're all of a sudden in a whole new world. It's like a the shades were lifted. You know, have you ever heard of monkey mind? Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, we've talked about monkey mind. So, you know, monkey mind is we're monkeys. Our minds chatter. So perhaps, you know, doing a retreat like that of silent meditation where you get some more experience with it, you know, and really get into it would be a way to tame the monkey mind, you know, mm-hmm. and to get a taste for, for meditation and, and, you know, be with other people. It's great to meditate with other people. Well, that's why I ask you. I don't know if you, I guess I'm just kind of realizing I'm like, you went on vacation and I say, did you meditate? And then you say, yep. And I think, oh, I mean, <laughs> It's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to have a job and deal with a pandemic and deal with everything going on in your life. Everyone's got lots going on in their life and to make time. And I know we've discussed the discipline to sit in a chair for five minutes and try to meditate or it's just, I don't know, maybe I need to make it more routine. You know, I'll wake up in the morning and I know before I get up and I sometimes I write or I run outside and look at the sunrise and I think that is the time I should probably do it. But I start thinking about, I'm a big processor, so I have a lot of thoughts going on in my world right now. So then I 
try to meditate and then I think, oh no, I got to think about this. I'm going to process that. And now this happened and what does that mean? And then it's too late. <laughs> you know, my monkey mind has got the best of me. So do you think like maybe just picking a time and saying, I'm going to meditate no matter what, and that might get me more into the routine. Do you have a place to meditate? Yeah. Where's your, what's your place? Like? I have like a chair in my bedroom. And it's like, that's when, when I was doing it and it was changing my world and I was seeing the ants crawling on the ground. I was so happy and noticing everything. And what about I, the ants? I don't, I, I think it just, it just opens your mind. All of a sudden I'm noticing things that I, why, and I'm like, why am I, I'm not a bug person. I don't want to see the ants, but there's like, why well, go for walks and there's all sorts of, I'm noticing the ants a lot on the sidewalk. And I just think that my eyes are more open and I'm more aware from these conversations about awareness. But I still think uh, that meditation needs to be a part of that every single day. It does. It does. And, but like we've talked about before, if meditation becomes another chore or something to do on your to-do list, you know, right. it'd be more stressful. And I, you know, I think you're experiencing some of that now, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't meditate. So I think that's time to be compassionate with yourself and, and, um, don't call it meditation. Just say, I'm going to, well, you know, I told you my friend at work calls it the exploring awareness break. So you can, right. you can take an exploring awareness break. I have a little place in the corner of my basement here where I meditate. And I do meditate on cushions, you know, like meditation mm. cushions. But I don't sit cross-legged like the uh, famous yogis because I'm not that flexible. And I kind of kneel on two cushions so that I'm comfortable. And I also have a little altar, and I love to put things on it you know i've got i've got some rocks from different meditation retreats that i've been on you know my picture <laughs> things that are important to me like um you know connect connection and you know i think that's really a nice thing that people can do right you can really? put, you put pictures of me and lisa on your altar <laughs> you go he's the one who gets it and she's still working on it <laughs> You know, I got a feather. What else? Do you? I got some sand from Burning Man. I've got some candles. What do you think that that's that's? A, I just sit in a chair and try. Yeah, you could do that too. But I think having a place, you know, a dedicated meditation place is, is yeah. so nice to just sit there, just like, okay, this is my place where I'm going to do this, and it just just feels so good. We're not doing it to feel good, but it's just like. Ah, you know. Right. Is, you say we're not doing it to feel good, but when you don't do it, I don't feel as good. Well, we're doing it, and then you feel good, but it's not necessarily. You may not feel good too, because what if what if lots of things come up? Like some meditation sessions aren't stress reducing. It's like, oh wow, so this just came up. I gotta take care of this. Right. You know, so right. different things. But, you know, that, that to satisfy a yearning, you'd want to do that. Now, if you don't know that you have a yearning and you don't necessarily want to do it, you're not going to listen to this podcast. I really wish we could, you know, have people get into this more. Yeah, that reminds me of that song by the Beatles. Remember that song we were talking about before? Um, it's called Within You and Without You. And I'm going to look up those lyrics. Everyone knows the Beatles. But it wasn't until after I started meditating that I started listening to some of the lyrics. And, you know, the early songs of the Beatles are a little more, uh, let's say, could be superficial. You know, she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
those kind of things. But this, there's a song called Within You and Without You. So I would invite people to listen to that again if they haven't heard mm-hmm. it before. It's one of those George Harrison songs with the sitar, you know. Oh, yeah. Remember, they spent time in India meditating. Yeah, right. With the Maharashi. So I think that they all got some experiences. Now, you know, I think they might have had some other influences too but um, but let's let's say that they gained this from meditation and and i like this verse it said we were talking about the love we all could share when we find it to try our best to hold it there with our love with our love we could save the world if they only knew so if they only knew how do you think they could know you mean by meditating or thinking about it or yeah i just say so people who don't don't know that they aren't familiar with this at all you know how right, how, right. how how could they know that there's another way you're right, right, right. they know how could the world know because i really believe that if the world you know could take on this work the world could be a much better place hmm. With our love, we could save the world if they only knew. Right. And, you know, people talk about love all the time, and it's in commercials for cars, and it always amazes me how much the word love is used for marketing. So people do talk about love, but I don't know if they talk about the essence of love and the impact that love can have on somebody's life. Yes, and the love that comes from from within, you know, not conditioned. Right. Right. Our last podcast was all about that. Mm-hmm. But I guess when we're talking about this this work, you know, and how we talked about it before and the difficulties that can come up and the thoughts that can come up. And, you know, the choice is yours, whether you want to do this or not. And we've always said that as well. I think that it can that it can be distressing to your ego, right? And it can be uncomfortable at times and so I want to encourage everyone. It's normal. It happens. You know, it happens as we get deeper and the things that aren't working for us that we thought were working for us, it can be a surprise. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I, thought I knew myself, like you've said before. I thought I knew myself. And now right. I know myself. I was like, who am I? Those are all great questions. And those are all part of the process of doing this type of work. And it's important, you know, to talk to people who have also done this type of work. Again, so I would always encourage people, and we've had emails, people mm-hmm. with questions, or I think meditation retreats are great, and, and yeah. other videos and, and um, tapes and um, online are really helpful, too, to get a variety of perspective. Well, and I would say don't be afraid of it. It's not easy, but I don't think it's something to fear. I think it's something to embrace. And maybe that's what you're looking for. We'll just keep practicing and we'll keep savoring the experience, getting to know this place more and more. And so even if it's going to be for five minutes just to sit after breakfast or after lunch, just check back in. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for all your wise words tonight. They were very impactful, at least for me. And I'm hoping everyone listening as well. And if you have a comment or want to share your reaction to what you heard tonight, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, we're out there and we love hearing from you. And just to say, you know, my wise words are, are the wise words of lots of people, right? And so I'm honored to be able to use my languaging to, to share with people. And, uh, but these are universal things, right? And uh, they're wonderful and they've been around for thousands of years. And we've all had the opportunity to tap into them. And so if you're feeling, finding this helpful and you know other people who might find it helpful, please share please share the podcast information with them. And like I said before, if you could, you know, leave some stars, leave some comments, you know, we're getting a couple of comments on Apple podcasts, but we could use some more just so people know kind of what they're getting into. I think it really helps to read comments. And so if you're getting something out of this, you could leave a comment so others could like know what this is all about. And most of all, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back with more next week. We really look forward to uh, talking with you, connecting to you, and watching the different countries that are listening with us. So we hope everyone in the world has a great week. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.